Welcome to Triggered Wrestling. It's Brian here with Adrian. We're going to be discussing the happenings of the week here in the wrestling community. The PWI 500 was just released. Monday Night Raw, AEW. We got new champions crowned in NXT. Stay tuned for all that and more on this episode of Triggered Wrestling. Triggered Wrestling is so awesome. All the way around. That gets me triggered. Ooh, okay. Well, let's go with the bad trigger right now. See, I'm a, I'm a fan of all of it. We'll force you to watch Trigger Wrestling. What's up, Adrian? How are you doing on this beautiful Thursday afternoon? I'm doing absolutely great. The wrestling world is going wild right now. Some people may be jumping ship. Some people got released. PWI 500 just got released as well. Damn, there is hella things to talk about here in the wrestling world. You just want to go ahead and begin or? Yeah, let's just jump into the show here. Let's jump into Monday Night Raw. A couple things happened during this show. We had the Judgment Day trying to recruit Jey Uso. This set it up into a tag team match. Jey Uso chose to fight alongside Kevin Owens against the Judgment Day. Adrian, what do you have to say about main event Jey Uso? Main event, Jay Uso is going to have to do a lot of ass kissing if he wants to remain in that WWE Raw locker room because, as Kevin Owens says, he stepped on a lot of toes. And it's not going to be sunshines and rainbows now. So we'll see where that goes. I'm intriguing this story. I'm going to see where Jay goes in, if he's going to join the Judgment Day, or is he going to be friends with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, or if he's just going to do his own thing and chill. I don't know, man, but wherever this takes me, best believe I'm going to be tuning in. I will say this, that Jay Uso as a singles competitor has so many storylines that he can get into. He can get into Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is turning into a heel currently. Jay Uso's the biggest babyface currently based off what he did with uh, Roman Reigns. They got Matt Riddle. He can fight Kevin Owens one-on-one now. He can go against everybody in Judgment Day. So this is a nice fresh storyline with somebody that got like that main event top card persona going on right now yeah that's true and your boy he can even feud with miz the miz is the supposedly the must-see star in wwe history or whatever hey he can just show up and introduce jay to his show and say hey man you're trying to steal my spotlight blah 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 feud starts i can't say the same thing about his brother but there is a lot of storylines into play here with jay uso Speaking of people that are going to be in the main event scene, we got Gunther in his celebration here of, of being now the longest intercontinental champion of all time, beating Honky Tonk Man. He's out there celebrating with the Imperium, and then he gets interrupted by Chad Gable, who demands a rematch, that he beat him once and he can beat him again. Adrian, when is this match happening? This match better happen at the next PLE Fastlane, and I sort of predicted this before even Raw started, and on only predicted it because I've seen something similar like this happen, like with the AEW. Last year at 2002's AEW's All Out, same thing happened. It was the Acclaim versus Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee both came out victorious in that match, but the Acclaim left with the people's hearts. And guess what? Tony Khan announced in the press conference that a rematch was going to be at Arthur Ashe Stadium, and that's where the Acclaim won their tag team titles. I'm hoping Chad Gable wins the Intercontinental Championship at Fastlane or at a Raw episode or something. But yes, Chad Gable is due for a title and 
to be honest, if he does beat Gunther, I will not be upset. But the question I want to ask to you, Brian, is is Gable going to beat Gunther clean or something's going to happen? Gunther's going to beat him clean in the center of the ring and uh, Chad Gable's mid-card push here for the time being. I do see Chad Gable being Intercontinental Champion in the future, but not if that means that he's going to be beating Gunther. So yeah, we will see Gunther being champion for a little bit longer. Like I mentioned, I don't see this guy losing until he challenges for the World Heavyweight title. Ooh, actually, this is a topic that was highly discussed online, and a lot of people had mixed feelings. You know, some people were saying, wow, really, they're really going to have Gunther beat the record for the longest reigning Intercontinental Championship of all time, and then just lose it a few days later to Gable. You know, he already beat the record. He doesn't need more days. That's what the plan was out for. Uh, I have no problem with Gable winning. I also have no problem with Gunther winning. All I know is that those two men can do magic together and they're going to deliver and the fans are going to win. This is true. This is true. Speaking of good, entertaining things that are going on, we have Seth still challenging Shinsuke Nakamura to a rematch that he wants to fight him. Shinsuke still declining, but he's in the back beating up on Ricochet. So this clearly shows that Seth Rollins is going to fight Shinsuke Nakamura in a rematch, which I'm okay with because they had such a great match at Payback. I'm excited to see them again, Adrian. Would you want to see this again or no? Uh, short story is no. Only because Nakamura really didn't have anything for him leading up to this match. He was lost in the shuffle and random ass three-way matches. All of a sudden, he's getting a title shot. He loses and then he's getting another title shot. Uh, nah, I think another person should be up for that title shot, whether it's Drew McIntyre, whether it's Main Event Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Emi Zayn, anybody else in that roster, you know, keep it moving. You lost already. You didn't beat Rollins with his injured back. But the question that I want to ask is, why is Ricochet being attacked? Did I miss something? Was easy aligned with Rollins or, or, or what? Because I know Nakamura was feuding with Prince Puma before he feuded with Rollins. Did he just randomly spark up that feud again or or what it happened last week shinsuke nakamura was attacking seth rollins i want to say and ricochet came down to make the save so that's why he ended up beating down shinsuke and one could argue that the reason ricochet came down to help out seth rollins is because he was previously beefing with shinsuke because this is long-term storytelling here brother just kidding i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no No, I mean, that, that, that. I just remember, yeah, you're right. They were feuding, and I think it was, who was the hell, the third person, Bronson Reed? So, yeah. does that open the door for Bronson Reed to return? Since random people who are randomly beefing with each other just randomly appear? I don't know. To me, I would prefer for Shinsuke to uh, build more on this character that he has. Apparently, he's a samurai now. Hopefully, WWE will explain that later to us, but I'm digging it. I like it. Speaking of things that we're digging, at least I'm digging, uh, we're going to kind of skip through some of the show here. Rhea Ripley ends up in the main event. Was she defending the Women's World Heavyweight title against Raquel Rodriguez? I don't remember. She was. She was. So that's secondary to what the point of this is, is that we get the return of none other than Nia Jax. And before we get into this any further, I just want to cow myself out for (laughs) flip-flopping. Because I want to say that 
A couple episodes ago, I said I would not be happy if Nia Jax came back. I would be happy if Kyrie Sane came back because I don't see a spot for Nia Jax. And I flip-flopped like a motherfucker as soon as I saw Nia Jax on TV. I said, this is exactly what the WWE Women's Division needed was another powerhouse here. And I'm not being sarcastic. I really, truly believe that this will be a big change to the women's uh, women's roster, the way the division looks. Adrian, what do you got to say about this? Oh, my God. You want? Damn. So we're just going to skip Raquel. I mean, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I was actually surprised she got back. You know, a lot of people have been cooking me on Facebook, on the comments section. I said the exact same thing you just said. This is what the women's division needs. Not sarcastic. I thank Paul Levesque. I gave clap emojis. And I can see why a lot of people don't agree with us. You know, her resume of not being a safe worker is following her. Even on her return. Even when she did that, what, Simone drop on Raquel Rodriguez? That one looked a little scary, but no injuries, no broken bones, nothing's happening. So hopefully, you know, she's been training, being a little bit more safer. Um, yeah, man, I, to me, like, do you see Nia Jax being a title contender for Rhea Ripley? And how would this feud start besides the good old, oh, I just attacked you. I deserve a rematch or a title match. I don't know. And personally, I don't care. I'm excited that she is back. I remember you talking about besides Ray Ripley, there was nobody in the Monday Night Raw division besides Raquel Rodriguez that had a chance. Ray Ripley was beating down everybody, beating down Natalia, Zelina Vega. We finally get a credible person to kind of challenge here. So I don't care if she leapfrogs everybody and their mama here. She is exactly what the Monday Night Raw women's division needed in WWE. Of course, they do have Becky Lynch also, but of course, uh, Becky Lynch is, we'll get, we'll talk about that later adrian but i mean personally storyline wise i don't care um so yeah i'm happy she's back yeah man well let's see where this goes because yeah you're right wwe women's roster needed a powerhouse they haven't really had anything besides just rhea ripley even rhea ripley didn't have no opponents no nothing natalia i think she got three title shots i don't know why uh selena vega got the title shot because of puerto rico Dana Brooke had a match out of Rhea Ripley. But yeah, man. I mean, Indy Hartwell, former NXT Women's Champion, is jobbing. Candice LeRae doing nothing. Yeah. Let's see where this goes because Nia Jax, although some people may not like her, she's a good addition to the women's division. And some fans, actually, here's a fan comment. Oh, somebody said, uh, just Nia Jax has a history of injuring women. Just have her do her thing and that will be nuclear heat. Do you think trying <laughs> to recreate that gimmick, do you think that's good? No, I don't think that's good, but I did see some other people comment on Facebook that they should add her to the Bloodline storyline. Yes. <laughs> I did see that yes. one. I was just like, bro, at that point, just fucking call The Rock's daughter up and add her to this as well. At that point, fucking sign Jacob Fatu and add him to the fucking Bloodline storyline, dude. Cause, uh, yeah. And even Zilla, too. Oh, Zilla Fatu. He did sign to WWE, huh? He's an NXT. I think so. But yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of rumors going on. I don't think they should add them to the Bloodline storyline storyline but i'm just happy she's back because she adds a different dimension she's an instant main eventer in that division over quite a few people that are on there so yeah yeah and naya jack's a household name people know who she is and it sucks because all these nxt call-ups they need to build them up a little bit more build them up and then once you build them up then they can be in the title picture or in the mid-card picture or somewhere 
But as of right now, it's good to have Nia Jax back and just have the other women develop still. That's true. But speaking of NXT, we got a new WWE NXT Women's Champion crowned in Becky Lynch beating down the Barbie of NXT is what they call her, Tiffany Stratton. And I know you have uh, issues with veterans going down developmental to win world titles and championships in general. So what do you think this is, Adrian? Do you like this? Do you not like this? Tell me what you think. I'll say what Paul Levesque told me. He told me, or actually no, he told Ariel Hawani, it's a developmental brand. That's it. No hype, no nothing. Becky Lynch, the future of the business, going back to the next in line, NXT. The reason why this show was created is to create the future stars of tomorrow. And that future star of tomorrow is none other than Becky freaking Lynch. She won a world title, developmental world title, but it's still a world title title i'll leave it at that i want to say they sent her down there to give some experience to tiffany stratton working with a more experienced worker and also just to make sure that becky lynch gets that grand slam championship triple crown whatever they want to call it right she's been women's champion in nxt now smackdown and raw so that gives her the the grand slam thing speaking of the grand slam is that actual prestigious now it just seems like a lot of people are just giving titles away just so they can say they're grand slam champions who's getting and titles given away here. I mean, you just said right now, Becky Lynch got sent back to developmental oh. so she can become the Grand Slam well, champion. Well, she was the only one of the four horse women to not be NXT Women's Champion. So this is kind of like something that she never did as it was included on the buildup to this match. But either way, I'm excited that she went down there and NXT's popping the numbers here to 870,000 people tuned in. Dynamite numbers? They're getting dynamite numbers in NXT developmental, bro. Yo, that's what's up. Speaking of the dynamite numbers, um, did you see Raw actually had their lowest numbers as well, too? Yeah, I did, man. I, I'm, I'm, so uh, I'm not really into the numbers when it comes to Monday Night Raw, just specifically this week, just because it's the first uh, Monday Night Football for the new NFL season. People are excited. It's Excuse. the New York Jets. People want to see Aaron Rodgers. R.I.P. to that Achilles. Hey, bro, <laughs> leave my man Aaron Rodgers at your mouth, bro. Leave my wife. Out your m- wow. No, but for reals. Um, Leave my QB out of your mouth, bro. Dang. No, but for reals. There was a lot of anticipation for Aaron Rodgers making his debut on the new team. Sadly, got injured on the first drive and he's out for the entire season. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But I mean, I was I don't really watch football and I was aware what was going on. I was watching Monday Night Raw, but I'm sure a lot of people were like, let's just see what's going on. And I'm OK with that. I mean, I want to say a couple weeks ago was collision going up against WWE Payback and I want to say for like the last hour of the show there's like less than 250,000 people watching but that's because they're going against the pay-per-view. Yeah. Speaking of a newly crowned woman champion, let's go over to AEW Dynamite where the former TBS champion Jade Cargill is rumored to have left the company and probably WWE bound. How do you feel about that? So, spoiler alert, she loses on Friday uh, (laughs) to try to uh, gain back the championship and everybody's speculating that this is going to be the last match of jade cargill in aew that she's wwe bound and it's pretty much guaranteed i will say that i would love to see her in wwe she's got wwe written all over her she's got the star she's probably could be in movies she's got a good look she's a good enough worker to make it work just because she's not out there doing hurricane ranas and topa suicidas and canadian destroyers every day doesn't mean that she's a bad worker as we can see john cena with this quote-unquote five moves of doom can make an entire career out of that right you can see his moves 
Yeah, I can see his moves. But anyway, so back to Jade Cargill. I don't think she's going to WWE because we've seen this countless times with contracts with AEW. They make a big snafu about these wrestlers. Their contracts are up. They're going to WWE. They're pretty much WWE bound. And then like at the last moment, they get signed to AEW. And I feel that this is a way for either the wrestlers to get more money from Tony Khan by releasing this news out. Or it's a way for Tony Khan to just speculate it and put it out there into the ether. That way, when AEW does, in fact, reassign them, it seems like a bigger deal because WWE wanted them. So, yeah, man. who knows? I know that's a long entire answer, but I would love to see her being in WWE. That's the right decision, but I don't think it's true. She's staying in AEW. Yeah, man. You know, that's the thing about uh, independent contractors, man. Once your contract is up, you're free to talk to whoever you want. Go where the money is. You know, if there's money in WWE just begging to be taken, if I'm Jade Cargill and there's more money in WWE's table than in AEW's, guess who I'm going to pick? Obviously, the one that has the more money. Right. Um, I would not mind seeing Jake Cargill being in WWE because now we'll have a woman. Well, actually, wait, hold on, hold on. So if Cargill goes to WWE, where will she land, though? NXT, SmackDown, I, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing her in WWE, but I don't find a spot for her. If she goes to SmackDown, Charlotte Flair is not going to job for her. If she goes to Raw, Rhea and Nia Jax are not going to job for her. NXT probably, but I don't think she's going to want to go to NXT. I don't know at this point. You could be right. They could be just leaking shit just so they can uh, hype up the rumors and then have her show up on AEW Dynamite. But I don't know, man. I guess I'm just being a mark and I'm still in the back of my head hoping CM Punk returns. I still think it's a work. I've said when Cody Rhodes joined WWE, I said it was a work up until the day he showed up at WrestleMania. So to me, CM Punk and the Elite Feud is still a work. This is a work. I hate Punk, but I love Punk. He's disappointed me. I don't know how this got into a Punk argument now. I don't know, man. Just hopefully she signs with... uh with who? Whoever gives her the more money. Damn. I want to see her in WWE. That's If she wants to be a bigger star, that's where she has to be. If she wants to be in front of less than 2,500 people on AEW Dynamite in Cincinnati. Hey, if she gets paid more, well, are you going to argue that? No, honestly, I don't think it's about the money for her. It's about the branding of Jade Cargill is what I'm going to be honest and say. Um, money is good. Money is fine. But I mean, if she's making, let's call it $1.5 million in AEW. AEW, uh, you can only go so far in popularity in AEW. There's a ceiling to that. Um, yeah. If she goes over to WWE and they offer her 1.25 million, but you're on NXT, it's a four-year contract. She's guaranteed to be in the main roster. Like, and just her persona will draw much more money in WWE outside of WWE when she does eventually leave the business. Yeah, that is true. But hopefully, you know, if she does build up her character, hopefully all that money goes to her because we know WWE takes a chunk out of that. So it could be money, it could be exposure, who knows? It's a tough decision, especially for wrestlers. I don't know, man. I hope wherever she signs, she continues to fucking thrive, continues to be the powerhouse that she is. Jared Cargo does have it all. She does have the star power, the looks, and the charisma to be somebody in this business. So I guess that was uh, AEW Rampage right there because we spoiled it for you. So let's go back into AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. Like I mentioned before, this episode of AEW Dynamite was recorded in front of a live audience of 2,500 people in Cincinnati, Ohio. So less than that, supposedly, according to the number 
numbers, but either way, the show started off with John Moxley defending the AEW International Championship against Big Bill. That match is over. Big Bill and Ricky Starts end up attacking John Moxley. Brian Danielson's there to help him out. Then the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club helps uh, in defending John Moxley's honor. Adrian, further down in this episode, there's gonna be a tag match. What do you want to say about this? Uh, this tag match is um, it's look, looking pretty good. You know, we have Danielson and Claudio versus Ricky Starks and Big Bill. We also have Phoenix and Moxley next week at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Eddie Kingston versus Claudio at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Title versus title as well, too, man. This BCC is a uh, Blackpool Combat Club. They're pretty busy. So can't wait to see all their matches. All their matches are entertaining. I know a lot of people don't like Moxley's matches because he bleeds a lot. Me, once you get past the bleeding, the, the matches are good. I'm not going to sit here and nitpick at everything that I really talk about or complain about because I, it would be a never-ending story. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, especially Ricky Starks, one of my top guys as well. Big Bill, you know, turned his life around. He was with Impact, and now he's with AEW. I'm sure he'd like to go back to WWE, but right now, do the work in AEW, and I can't wait to see that tag match, bro, because that's just going to deliver as well, too. So, that leads us to Don Callis revealing who uh, his next victim is going to be. So, we're going to get Konosuke Takeshita versus Kota Bushi in the near future. I know I said anybody short of Brian Danielson, I would be disappointed with. And I'm still kind of slightly disappointed with this, but I'm still excited to see what Kota Ibushi can do, considering how his debut match in AEW was uh, Blood and Guts, right? Or was it Stadium Stampede? I don't remember. Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. So uh, I'm excited to see this. Adrian, what about yourself? Myself, me too. Hopefully this match is going to be on Wrestle Dream. I don't know if they've announced it yet, but yeah, man, we're going to get a hard-hitting match, uh, pretty much a New Japan match, a strong style match in AEW. It's great. And Don Callis, again, being the asshole, he only picked Kota Ibushi because that's Kenny Omega's heart and soul. He said he was going to get to Kenny Omega by getting to the person he likes the most, and that's Kota Ibushi, former partner as the Golden Lovers. See, that's the thing about Kota Ibushi and Kinosuke Takeshka. Zero talking, all fighting. No flips, just fists. No mics, just fists. Kota Ibushi? Well, yeah. He, I mean, he doesn't talk as much. Neither does yeah, Kinosuke. And he does so. flips. Mm, yeah. He's a gimmick guy, bro. What are you talking about? What do you mean gimmick guy? Bro, he... Oh, my God. Are you serious right now, dude? Yeah, what, what's gimmicky about him? Are you serious right now? What isn't, bro? Have have we, bro? Are you having tough time trying to come up with something? No, I'm just okay because I know he didn't rustle the doll, right? Like, uh, este... bro, that was like ten years ago, bro. Hey, come on. So you can't bro. say that he's all kicks, no flips when he, he literally does a moonsault, and then he also fought Mizuko or what's her name, the little fucking sex doll. How long ago was that? It don't matter, bro. He still bro, did so it. I, so I can sit here and say, oh, Jericho's a flippity-flop wrestler too, right? He is, bro. He's a no, mom, there's way, bro. You're fucking, dumb, bro. You're fucking dumb, bro. you fucking... <laughs> no, but seriously, no, he has gotten a little bit more serious, but uh, he did fight oh my. back in DDT. Hey, bro, Brock Lesnar's a flippity flop wrestler too, man. You remember bro. that moonsault, that that moonsault finisher he had in OVW? <laughs> that one time he did it on the main roster, bro, and broke his freaking neck. <laughs> 
Speaking no. of OVW, guys, uh, make sure to watch that Netflix series Wrestlers Focus on the Struggles of OVW, who is now run by Al Snow. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I've heard good things about it. So if you guys have Netflix, make sure to tune in because our boy, a good friend of the pod, Mr. Peck. Spectacular. Jesse Goddard's Mr. Pectacular. Mr. Pectacular, bro. That's my guy, bro. That's a good friend of the pod, a great listener, and a follower as well, too. Shout out to my boy, Mr. Pectacular. Speaking of people that we are familiar with here on the podcast, I want to give a shout out to PWI Top 500 wrestler Alpha Zoe, who will be seeing an action at Collectible Stampede on October 8th in Woodland, California, Taqueria Guadalajara, 6 West Court Street. He'll be there in action defending his title against somebody, but he's in uh he's number 480 in the pro wrestling illustrated top 500 wrestlers so congratulations to him yeah congratulations to seth rollins being number one on uh pwi's hot 500 of 2023 going down the list well let's start number 10 cody rhodes number nine impacts josh alexander we got number eight orange cassidy number seven kazuchiko kata number six mjf number five vikingo number four gunther number three john moxley number two is roman reigns adrian what are your thoughts any snubs anybody would change on this on this top 10 absolutely yes um i'm sure he's on the list somewhere and i'm talking about will osprey bruv the man can go. The man has put himself on the map in the year of 2023. Especially at the Wrestle Kingdom, we heard rumors that Paul Levesque was interested in his services. After all in, he said that his contract was up with New Japan in six months, bruv. Will Tony Khan be giving him a call or will Paul Levesque call him up? I don't know, but my man, Will Ospreay, got snubbed in this list. Well, at least in this top 10. I, me personally, I love Bikingo. He's great. He's my style of wrestler, but if I would have to choose, I know he's AAA Mega's champion. I would put Will Ospreay on this list. I'd probably drop Bikingo down probably to uh, 11 and put Ospreay at number probably 2 if it was my list. If it was my list, I would take off Hijo del Vikingo from my top 10 and I would go ahead and add Ara Takeshita, bro. He has been an amazing wrestler ever since his debut in AEW. He deserves to be in the top 10 in my opinion. He's just been, hes he literally got over because of his wrestling skills in AEW. He has something to him and he puts on good matches just like Will Ospreay. So that's who I would switch. There's a lot of people that you can argue could be in the top 10. Josh Alexander being in uh, an impact, I'd probably say probably gets the least recognition out of these top 10. Vikingo, Russell's everywhere. He's in AEW. He's in AAA. He's locally in your area right now, probably wrestling. So Yeah, he wrestles for GCW from time to time too. Yeah, he's all over the place, man. But Gunther in the top four, he is fucking amazing. He could be argued that he should be above John Moxley and Roman Reigns, but facts either way man i'm happy with this pwi 500 a lot more than dave Meltzer's one awards of being top wrestler so we'll see what happens with that because uh booker of the year tony khan doesn't look like he's going to be the, the book of the year this time around probably some could argue that paul Levesque has been the better booker this year but just for shits and giggles, if this was my list, Adrian's top five list of best wrestlers currently today in 2023, I'm going to go with my number one, Gunther. Number one. He may be an intercontinental champion, but the man has put in the work. He's a beast. I don't think nobody can beat him. Uh, he looks unstoppable. Number two, probably go with Roman Reigns. Three, Will Ospreay. Four, Rollins. Five, Moxley. The Shield is still in the top five, but that would be my top five. What about yours, Brian? Subscribe to my OnlyFans, bro, to know my top five. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Shit, I don't know. I'm going to go with number one being Seth Rollins. They got that right. Number two, I'm going to go with Gunther. Number three, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. Number four, I'm going to go with uh, MJF. And number five, bro, I'm going to go with the Mac Daddy or Mac Mommy, I should say. I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley because God dang, she needs to be in the top five of the men's PWI 500. I'm pretty sure Rhea Ripley will be number one in the women's, but damn, that's a good ass list. Yeah. And you heard it here first. So uh, go down in the comments and let us know would be in your top five of the PWI 500. Yep, and just one little quick fact as well. Sacramento Zone's Titus Alexander was in the PWI 500 at number 152. Be on the lookout for him. He's a great up-and-coming talent here in Sacramento. He wrestles for West Coast Wrestling as well. Uh, other indie promotions. I know he wrestled a few dark matches on AEW. The man is, uh, is a great talent. And we can't forget Jack Cartwheel at 237, also from Sacramento. Challenged for the triple Mega Campeonato at this year's Triple Mania. He's at 237. Yep, that's what's up. Jack Carr was pretty dope too, man. They still have a couple months left, so anything can change. I- nah, nothing can change, bro. This is the final. This is it. For real? So with six months left? Technically, yes. But they, they since it's 2023, but it's like from today back a year. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm thinking of other lists that, you know, they're always all around. Yeah. Got it. I know what you're talking about. Some Mark podcaster. <laughs> yeah, some uh, some <laughs> prestigious uh, newsletter out there too. Some other Indian website, Sportspedia or whatever it's called. Oh, yep. yeah. Anyways, so back to AEW Dynamite. Uh, we get Tony Storm beating Dr. Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and Nyla Rose in the Grand Slam Women's Championship four-way eliminator. Why is Hikaru Shida not getting a direct rematch after losing? That made absolutely no fucking sense. Unless, see, here's the thing. Unless they explained it and it was like, oh, this is their chance to win a title back or blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. She should have at least challenged back for the title if she wanted to. I noticed this is a reoccurring thing when it comes to baby faces. Baby faces never really want to challenge back. It's always the heels. Having said that, you know, with Jay Cargill rumored to be leaving, this woman's division is thin right now. And there's a free agent out there known as Camille, former NWA Women's Champion. She is ready to sign anywhere who gives her a contract. I mean, I wouldn't say anywhere who gives her a contract, but I'm pretty sure she's looking at the big companies, you know. Probably re-sign with NWA, Impact, uh, Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan, WWE, hopefully. But if Jade is leaving, I would like to see Camille join the AEW Women's roster. Yeah, this roster needs some work. But I'm glad that we're finally getting Nyla Rose on AEW television after a little bit of ways. So moving on, we get the sex gods that are they're going to be fighting each other next week. Moving along, we get Hangman Adam Page beating Brian Cage. This is the third match between these two. And see, this is a, this is the thing about AEW when it first started is that they said that you're not going to get any rematches. We're going to do everything, no rematches. But now, obviously, we're starting to get to year five and uh, we're starting to see rematches. So I feel like that's kind of biting them in the ass here because this is really essentially a rematch that I didn't care about. Hangman and Page, Brian Cage. Looks like we're going to see the Young Bucks here get involved uh, with Swerve 
and Prince Nana. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, obviously, Hangman is going to take on Swerve. But Russell Dream. Adrian, what do you got to say about this? Yes, in Swerve Strickland's hometown. To be honest, I'm not sure if the Young Bucks are going to get involved. I have not seen them in a while. They weren't at this Dynamite's episode. Neither was Omega. Well, technically, they were. They popped up to help Hangman. Oh, you're right. At the very end. You're right. At the yep, very yep, end. yep. So, I don't know if the Young Bucks are going to get involved. I mean, we do have Gates of Agony and Prince Nana. But I, I'm like where this feud is going with Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page. He basically told them off. Hey, bro, you's a fucking lazy-ass bum. If I had all your chances, I would have been world champion by now. He even called him fat <laughs> last week. But yeah, great work by Swerve Strickland. I see Brian Cage more of as a hired gun. Not really a winning or losing guy, chasing titles type of guy. Just regular ass hired gun. We've seen it before numerous companies, numerous eras. So let's hope Brian Cage continues to be that hired gun because that boy is good. Yeah, he is good. So let us know a comment if you're excited to see Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page at Russell Dream. So let us know in the comments. Also, let us know in the comments about Night Jax if you're happy that she's back. But continuing along with this, we get Darby Allen and Nick Wayne beating Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. It was a whatever match to me was... I mean, I don't really care about Nick Wayne or Darby Allen. Yeah, it was a it was a setup for your boy Christian Cage. Yep, the man that uh, he's fighting the world of fatherless kids apparently, and he's sliding in the mom's DMs. <laughs> Adrian, what do you got to say about uh, Christian Cage uh, looking up Nick Wayne's mom on IG? Yeah, man. Uh... She's a looker. And Christian Cage obviously slid into her DMs. The man likes what he saw. And can he be a potential stepfather? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, man. But I think that the match was just made to a setup for uh, Darby Allen and Nick Wayne and Christian Cage. I'm seeing Christian Cage getting more involved with Nick Wayne and Darby Allen. And I have a theory probably because Nick Wayne sees Darby Allen as a father figure and... Christian kids is anti-fathers. Bro, first of all, <laughs> Nick Wayne is 18 and Darby Allen, I want to say he is probably 26. Like 27, 28? Yeah, something like that. Let me see because my Google is not broken. He's 30 years old. I mean, I don't know, man. The, the kid was, looks up to Darby Allen. You know how people are. And then Christian Cage on this father rant. <laughs> I mean, he did try to have uh, Luchasaurus kill him the other day. So who knows? Yeah. So speaking of people that are almost dying, getting murked out here, we get Roderick Strong versus Samoa Joe in the Grand Slam World Title Eliminator Tournament Final. And uh, Samoan Joe chokes out Roderick Strong. Adrian, what do you got to say about this? Damn, when you look both individuals side by side, face to face, you can clearly see the size difference, the weight difference. <laughs> Roderick Strong, man, that dude is it's small. Or it could just be the Samoa Joe, just a big mofo, man. Samoa Joe was not going to lose this match. Roderick's speed was going to come into play, but obviously strength overpowers speed. Samoa Joe got the upper hand and choked him at the end. That re-injured the neck injury because when Adam Cole came to the rescue for his friends Roderick, he fell back to the ground. He could not move. They brought out the stretcher, the amber lamb, all the EMTs. The amber lamb. <laughs> 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 and, you know, Adam Cole was worried sick for his friend, for his former friend, while the kingdom was telling him, no, no, you step back. This happened because of you. This all happened because of you. And me looking back, I'm like, uh, it was not because of Cole. Roderick Strong put himself in that tournament. He basically signed his death wish. I don't know, man, but Roderick Strong looked seriously injured. 
Who knows, man? But what happened after that, Brian? Adam Cole gets blindsided and gets choked out by a Samoa Joe, and that's the show. So I could be 110% wrong here, but after he gets choked out right next to the announcers, the announcers start running down like Rampage and Collision and what's going to happen next week, right? Yeah. Bro, no mames. They should just cut to black and that's where the show ends. You know what's funny, bro? Because at the time when I was watching Samoa Joe choke out Adam Cole and he was putting him on the ground, there was a referee just right there just watching like, uh, what just happened? Uh, but I'm like, what the fuck is a referee going to do if there's one referee in Samoa Joe? I mean, if Samoa Joe can choke out anybody, the referee's light work. But Adam Cole sold the shit out of that choke move. He practically died on that stage. Yep, he died along with AEW's attendance numbers because AEW sold 2,500 seats here. Yeah. Probably less than that. And now there's speculation on the real attendance numbers for AEW's All In. They're claiming that they broke the record at 81034, but now now there is rumors that the real number is closer to 72,000. So, Adrian, what is your opinions on this? Regarding, see, that's the thing. <sighs> you know, we've we've seen previous companies inflate numbers ridiculously. You know, we have seen an arena that or a stadium that can only hold 80K, but for some reason, 120 people showed up. And they count literally every person in the building, which means to the catering to the security guards, to the people in the back. I don't know what to call it. I don't know if you're counting those people or the people in the arena, the workers in the arena. Who knows? Um, a lot of people said the government council is the one that released those numbers. Some people are saying, why is the government releasing them? Why not Wembley Arena releasing them? I don't know. I'm not really keeping up with this. I just know that Wembley Stadium had 81,035 people in attendance paid or comped, they were there. Which would still not be the record because the record is truly held by WWE with like a hundred and something thousand at WrestleMania in Texas, right? No. Yeah. What are you talking about? No. I don't think they released that. Now, the one in Texas, uh, Reliance Stadium, quote unquote, marketed is 72K, but they haven't released the paid attendance. Oh, but still, but either way, that's still the most highly attended one. Which one? The 100K? Yeah, there's one that was listed at 100K. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. Yep. The one with the... I remember seeing The Rock. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rock was there. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, it was the Arlington, Texas one for sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Arlington, Texas and record breaking, do you think there will ever be a company that can defeat New Japan and WCW collision in North Korea? Wait, what? 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 Oh, oh, you're talking... Okay. So, technically, if I could be wrong, that was like the most highly attended one ever correct but i feel like the north korean government forced them to watch right <laughs> like jericho what no like jericho forced the wembley audience to watch his band play oh yes <laughs> <laughs> he said what did he say that he uh had more people attend his concert than the beatles and yeah. fucking michael jackson yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 but yeah guys if you guys want to join the conversation and hit us up on all the social medias we are triggered wrestling on facebook and x we are t-r-i-g-g underscore w-r-e-s-t-l-i-n-g the topic of today was mainly women's wrestling becky lynch winning the nxt championship nia jacks returning and jade cargo possibly leaving AEW. if you guys have any takes on those three topics or any other topics that we said on this show please 
hit us up, DM us, go on the comment section, expose us. If you think I'm wrong on certain topics, feel free to talk to me. If you feel that Brian is wrong on certain topics, feel free to expose him or talk to him. I know we're later on in the future, we're planning on going to video and we're planning on bringing guests. So if you guys also have a top five list, top three list or anything about that, please hit us up. We'll watch the wrestling, we'll review, we'll give you our hot takes and our top five list on whatever topic you guys have. Yeah, man, just hit us up. Yeah, but definitely let us know in the comment section if you're going to be attending the Mick Foley signing at Barrio Toys on October 6th and Collectible Stampede on October 8th. But most importantly, stay triggered. Bang, bang.